just thank you, Father, for each and everything that you have provided for us. We thank you for your word, God, because it's through your word that we learn of your plan for humanity. We learn of your love for us, God. We even learn of the end of the enemy, God. We know that there is a time when you're going to cast him down into the pit. So we just thank you for your word, God. We thank you for your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah, that came, God, from heaven, lived on this earth, God, in the flesh, endured the hatred of men. God was hung on an old rugged cross. Father put him in a borrowed tomb. But we thank you, God, that he did rise on that third day. And, God, that he now sits at your right hand, Father, making intercession for us. So, God, we just thank you, God. And we thank you for the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit, that which he leads and guides us into all truth and righteousness. He's our teacher. He's our comforter. God, so we just thank you, God. He's our counselor. And we just thank you, God, for all the things that you have done for us, Father. It's hard for us to fathom. As we stand on this ball that floats in space, and we think, God, that earth is, is the only important thing. But, God, we know that you are the creator of the entire cosmos, God, the entire universe, Father, the entire galaxy, God. So, Father, help us to be able to look beyond ourselves, God, even to look beyond the earth, God, as the psalmist said, God, help us to lift our heads and look up toward the hill, Father where our help comes from, God. And it wasn't the hill. It wasn't the temple that was set on top of the hill that he was looking at. He was looking even beyond that, Father. So help us to be able to look beyond what our eyes can see, God, and to be able to praise and worship you, God, and to be able to love you, God, and, and to know that you love us, God. And help us to be able to reach out in this dying and lost and evil and sick world, God, that we know that you have somebody left that's supposed to say yes to your will and to your way. So equip us, God. Give us what we need to go out into the world, seeking and saving that which is lost, God. You allow Paul to write that there is one marked as the last Gentile, God, that would be saved, and then all of this would change, God. So you said that we would be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, God. So we just thank you for your word. So bless us right now. Strengthen Elder God, equip him for them, and allow uh, the teaching, God, that we're doing, God, to have efficacy in somebody's life, God, that we may realize the addictions, the problems, the things that we gravitate toward, God, that you did make them for a good purpose, God, so help us to be able to use them for the good purpose, God, and not uh, for things that we would be addicted to, God, things that we would pervert and misuse. So we just thank you uh, for opening up the airways, God, that we would be able to get this information to your people and help us to be able to love each other, God, as we live in these tumultuous times. And we give you all praise, all glory, all honor for each and everything that you're doing on this earth. We thank you for it. We love you. We trust you. And we're waiting on you to come and get us. It is in the wonderful name of your son, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ the Messiah, that we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And again, a uh, good evening. Uh, you know, we're gonna continue our our lesson uh, on Sam. Amen. And uh, I've I've noticed, dog, that we're getting less and less people that's that's starting to watch the, the Facebook uh, live. Uh, hopefully, y'all getting tired of me and not getting tired of God. Amen. Because uh, you know, I noticed with, with when we was dealing with sex in which I knew it was going to be an interesting topic, uh, that it was, it was a whole lot more people that was tuning in and it was uh, responding and, 
uh, reaching out. Amen. But, uh, you know, addiction is also uh, very, very, very prevalent and very important uh, in relationships. Uh, and that's the relationship between a husband and a wife, or a, a, a girlfriend and a boyfriend, or friends, or siblings, uh, co-workers, whatever. You know, addiction is uh, is very, very important, and it, it could it could destroy all those things which I just named, uh, for as your relationships go. Uh, well, we're gonna continue our study on uh, on alcoholism. Amen. Uh, you know, some people like to call it a disease, a sickness. Uh, uh, it's an addiction, amen, and uh, like any other addiction, which I said uh, when we first started, uh, you know, we have to learn how to be more, I guess, supportive of those who do have an addiction. Uh, it can get uh, old, it can get tiresome when person person been dealing with an addiction for a long period of time. Uh, we like to try to, uh, and I've been there as well, you know, you know, we you know we say things like it's it's time out for that, you know, uh, especially for those who are my age and you know you got people that's addicted at your age and older. You be like, you know, uh, when when is it gonna be over? When you gonna be tired of that? You know, you that childish stuff. You know, we like to put a time frame on it, uh, and we run out of patience when person when a person have an addiction. Uh, however, we gotta understand that that person who is addicted is not that person that we that we know. Amen. That that addiction has taken control, and, uh, especially those who've been addicted for a long time. You know that, that addiction has has totally taken control of that that individual. You know you can see them uh, just doing things that <clears throat> they wouldn't normally do. Uh, you know, and then of course you know a lot of times addiction. Uh, you know you got people that got borderline uh, mental statuses. Whether well, their addiction to push that person over, I can know, I know a certain person in a certain state in the United States that grew up around us, and and I can remember this person was always funny, you know, have you laughing all the time, and you know, like to joke, and, but at the same time was kind of slow, you know what I'm saying? wasn't like the the kids in the smart classes; it was in the other classes, <clears throat> and I just happened to come home. Uh, I might have been still in the military coming home on leave, or I might have gotten out the army on their first, my first tour in the military. However, when they, I seen this person, they was talking to themselves. And I'm like, wow, you know what I'm saying? But that's the combination of drugs and not having the, the, the mental capacity as a lot of older people, uh, uh, I guess adults, you would say, and where the drugs just kind of pushed that mental state over. You know, and that, like I said, that person was, I'm like, but one thing about it, when that person seen me, he recognized me. And, you know, and started talking to me. But I'm like, wow. And I, and I'm, I was tripping out. Uh, and, I, and I shared a story about this person a couple of weeks ago walking down the street, this, this stark naked. You know, and I know it's a mental, a mental illness. At the same time, I know it's drugs as well. That's a combination of mental illness and drugs. They have a person doing that kind of stuff. Matter of fact, I seen that same individual today. This time, she had on clothes. But she was still walking down the street, talking loud and talking to herself. And, you know, the, 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 the dogs across the street from her mama's house were barking at her. She started like she wanted to talk to the dogs and this, this tripping. So, you know, this stuff is real. You know what I'm saying? Very, very real. 
last week I got on statistics on alcohol. We're going to continue those little statistics. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about alcoholism in the church uh, or, or drinking in the church. Uh, but I think I believe I left off, and this is with underage drinking. The prevalence of underage alcohol use. The prevalence of drinking according to the 2018 study, 29.8% of 15-year-olds report that they have had at least one drink in their life. 14, about 7.1 million people ages 12 in 2015. That's a lot of young people at the age of 12, 7.1 million. 18.8% of this age group reported drinking alcohol in the past month. So out of 18% of those that are 12 years old that admitted that they were drinking, you got 18% of those admitted that they had a drink within the past month. And we, hopefully we get to that section in there where a little later where it talks about uh, a lot of where alcoholism comes from. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's no pinpoint, I guess you could say nothing pinpoint, but a lot of this stuff is... Uh, that it's going to talk about is, is, is real and, it's, it, and a lot of them get hooked on alcohol it's because of these reasons. Binge drinking. According to a 2018 study as well, approximately 4.3 million people ages 12 to 21, that's 11.3% of males and 11.4% of females reported binge drinking in the past month. That's at 15. I mean, that's at, uh, at, at 12 to 21. Heavy alcohol use. The same study. Approximately 861,000 people ages 12 to 20 reported heavy, drink, heavy alcohol use in the past month. Those are a lot of numbers for our young folks. Uh, again, uh, you know, y'all heard me say it, and we'll keep on saying throughout this 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 uh, study of sound is train a child up in the way. That's the that's the best thing that we can do as parents or those who's raising kids is train the child up in the way. Uh, don't hide it from them. Don't don't uh, uh, because you don't feel like they should be doing certain things. You want to keep it keep them from them. Not this day and time, you can't do that. When we was growing up, you couldn't do it, and we didn't have cell phones and internet. So you know at this time you can't do that because everything is on that doggone phone they got in their hand. Everything. You can't hardly do anything without somebody seeing, it on, you, know, somebody seeing you and recording you and putting stuff out there. I was kind of, uh, it's kind of off the, off the subject, but I was kind of joking today about, uh, it's a video that's floating around, and my son, he posted like a little uh, meme on, on social media the other day, and it was just a still picture, but of course, watching the video, 
this this young lady decided she gonna she gonna set a dude Jeep on fire. And the thing was supposed to be, it was supposed to be her ex-boyfriend, but it, the guy said, you know, he know the girl, but it wasn't, you know, they wasn't in a relationship. But anyway, she pulled gasoline, busted one to pull gasoline in the, in the Jeep, threw a match in there, but when she threw the match in there, it blew up and blew her back. Knocked into the car that was behind her. And of course, you know, everybody joking about her. But the crazy thing about it, that somebody was, you know, you could see the, the, the whoever was filming it, they was in a wonder. You would think they would say, hey, what you doing? But yet they let her bust the window, pour gasoline, and throw a match. And recorded the whole incident, her getting blowed up. And she, she was all right. She fell down. She crawled back to the gasoline, picked up her can, trying to get rid of the evidence, and took off running. <laughs> but she on camera. You can't do nothing without getting caught on this dog on camera that everybody has. People got these ring doorbells. You know, you can't hardly do nothing without getting caught. Or somebody gonna see you, you know. So, and, and, and I said all the says that everything is out there. So, if you want, you think you're protecting your child by not exposing them to certain things, don't. You know, uh, a lot of stuff that you would rather your child hear from you than from somebody else. You rather a child learn a certain lesson from you instead of somebody else. Well, don't keep them from them. <clears throat> Teach them about. Drugs, alcohol, whatever the case may be. Teach them about the 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 the, the, the good and the bad, however you feel about it, and, and, the, and the consequences. Because trust me, abuse. There are consequences when there's abuse involved. Uh, I, I shared with y'all last week all these statistics about uh, 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 drinking and driving and, and, and accidents and how much money it's cost the the the, 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 the government. Uh, uh, and damages because of somebody drinking and, and driving, and not not you know, and that's not even just just leaving that money because how many lives are lost because somebody decides to drink and drive. The consequences of underage alcohol use. Research indicates that alcohol use during a teenage year could interfere with normal adolescent brain development and increase the risk of developing AUD. In, the, in addition, underage drinking contributes to a range of acute consequences, including injuries, sexual assault, and even death, including those from car, from car crashes. Now that, that, that that's that's very 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 true, especially the sexual assault part of it. You got some young lady decided that she wanted to be in the in crowd and and and, and start indulging in the drink. But then you got some older gentlemen, older guys, or you know, don't necessarily have to be older guys, want to take advantage of her state. Now, the next thing you know, she all on social media because she was intoxicated and got taken advantage of. Now she embarrassed, and that's where that doggone, this teen suicide stuff comes along. They want to take their own life because they can't deal with 
being publicly shamed. That's why I say this thing is real. You know, uh, if y'all remember when we was talking about uh, uh, rape during the sex part of the, the Sam, I talked about a young lady who was in Cleveland, Texas. I can't remember her age, but she got basically gang raped by a bunch of dudes. Well, you know how they got caught? Because the video made it to social media. That's why I'm saying that's how this stuff end up on social media. Uh, I mean, how many, it, it, it haven't been lately, but a few years ago, you seen on, on uh, every time you look around, it was some college fraternity or kids in trouble because uh, they decided that they was going, more than one guy was going to sleep with some girl that they, they got drunk at the party. She woke up the next day, she all on social media, she embarrassed, now everybody raped her. And then, of course, you got a young person that can barely know how to drive. You know, they, they got their license, you know, they think they expert drivers. Now they, they impaired because of alcohol. And I'm gonna try to share with you some of the stuff that alcohol does to you uh, as far as your reactions are a little bit slower when you've been drinking. You know, you don't have the same uh, reactions like for us hitting the brakes. Everything like it's in slow motion. And that is, so now you got a, a inexperienced driver, like I said, they think they're experienced driver, that's, you know, they're having a hard time to, uh, to react to certain incidences on the road, not alone, now you're impaired. You're trying to react. Alcohol and college students. The same year, 2018 study. 54.9% of full-time college students ages 18 to 22 drank alcohol in the past month, compared to 44.6% of other persons in the same range. <clears throat> in other words, you got 54.9% of college students and those who didn't go to college, seem like college students drink more than the ones that didn't go to college. Send your kids out to party. A lot of our kids get introduced to certain things in college because they never expect what I said about sharing with your kids, start trying to hide it from their kids. Because the minute they get away from you, somebody's going to share it with them. And then when they get out there and start having a little fun, who are we? It's going to be hard to stop them from having fun. You know, you start drinking a little alcohol, you like that feeling. And, and we're talking about alcohol now, but we're going to be talking about some other drugs later on throughout this course. The same thing happened then. You know, they, they start experimenting with certain, certain drugs. Uh, you know, some of them try to do, take certain drugs to, as a stimulant to, because they want to study for that test, trying to stay up. Next thing you know, now they're hooked on that stimulant because they're trying to stay up to study for a test. Now you're spending more time looking for that instead of studying for a test. Not all that, all that in vain. You got 36.9% of college students 18 to 20, 22 reported binge drinking in the past month. 36%, almost 40, I mean 37% of, of, of college students 
within the last month, they was binge drinking. Well, they binge drink last month, what you think they did the month before that? And the month before that? And the month before that? That's how you develop becoming an alcoholic. Keep on binge drinking. One day you're going to realize you can't stop binge drinking. And one thing I know about an alcohol, once they reach a certain status, it don't take much to get them drunk anymore. I knew a person one time, it seemed like they smell alcohol and they were drunk. Man, I seen this person leave the house sober, was gone by five minutes, and I looked down the sidewalk, they were staggering. I'm like, is that so-and-so? No, I mean, couldn't even walk. This day quick. I'm like, golly, like they smelt it somewhere and, and got drunk. They, 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 they tolerance is low. A lot of people think, well, the more I drink, the more tolerant. I can be more tolerant. Uh, okay. In your mind, when you're drunk, you think you're more tolerant. Nine point six percent of college students ages eighteen to twenty-two reported that they are heavy alcohol. They drink heavy. I mean, they heavy alcohol drinkers, or they drink heavy alcohol within the the past month. Not just beer, not just wine. They drinking vodka, tequila, rum, whatever. You know, they drinking hard liquor, real strong alcohol. Now here go the consequences. 1,825 college students between the ages of 18 and 24 died from alcohol-related unintentional injuries, including motor vehicle crashes. 1,825 college students died unintentionally. They ain't planning to go out and just, you know, I'm going to drink myself to death today. Alcohol part. Drink too much. Get drunk, throw up, and, and, and smother in your own alcohol. I mean, your own vomit. And of course, you know, that motor vehicle thing keeps popping up. <laughs> Y'all going to see that a lot. Motor vehicle. Drinking and driving don't go in the same sentence. But guess what? We do it. I've been there, so I ain't going to even sit there and say, try to be real critical. You know, now and then got old and wiser, realize how stupid I was. Ain't it crazy now we old and wiser and we don't want our kids out at a certain time of night because we know what we was doing at that age and there's somebody out there that just, you know, was probably doing what we was doing and we scared our kids and run into that same issue. 696,000 students between the ages of 18 and 24 are assaulted by another student who has been drinking. 6,000. That's over half a million. 669,000, rather. That's over half a million college students then got sexual assaulted. They didn't say it, but that's what they're saying. They got sexual assaulted by another student who had been drinking. Now they had been drinking, but that student had been drinking. Got some of that brave juice. And, 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 and I'm gonna back up, because they say it started, cause it might, so it might not have been sick or started. You know, some people get brave and want to fight. 
That's that, that kid that's been picking on you, and now you done got some of that juice in you, now you're going to handle your business. Now, he 250-pound linebacker. You think you can whip him now because you didn't had a couple of drinks. And, of course, sexual assault. You know, you seen somebody that you like now, you know, you didn't, your, your hormones, you know, about to burst out your body, and you had a couple of drinks. And the only thing that did is amplify how you were feeling about a certain person. 97,000 students between the ages of 18 and 24 report experience alcohol-related sexual assault. They go out with sexual assault right there. Or date rape. 97,000. Sexual assault or date rape. You can't handle your alcohol. You went on a date with a young lady. Well, she ain't feeling the same way you feel it. Well, you didn't have too much to drink, so now you want to take what you thought that she was going to give you. Wrong. <laughs> Roughly 20% of college students meet the criteria of AUD. About one and four college students report alcohol, I mean, academic consequences from drinking, including missing class, falling behind in class, doing poorly on exams or papers, and receiving lower grades overall. One out of four students. Thinking God's life is all about partying. Begin to start missing classes because they want to party, or they might have partied too hard and can't make it to class. They falling behind, so doggone tired they can't keep up, or might be still drunk. Doing poorly on exams and receiving lower grades overall. Well, if you, you're doing poorly over on your exams, of course you're going to receive lower grades. Now let's talk about alcohol and pregnancy. Which is something else that's real. You know, for us that are uh, I guess we call ourselves thinking rationally. We would think, well, how can a person that normally know they're pregnant drink? That's because they got a problem. I started talking about that a little earlier. You know, just because you get pregnant, don't turn off your alcoholism. Uh, you know, some people do. It was uh. I'm trying to think, uh, Isaac Curry got a song, A Blessing in My Lesson. And on the song, uh, uh, it's a female artist that's, that's singing on that song with him, and she began to explain how uh, she got pregnant out of wedlock. However, that it was a blessing that she got pregnant because she was drinking a whole lot. And once she got pregnant, she managed to stop drinking. So she found that the blessing was in that in her lesson, you know, 
you know, she was blessed with a child, and she was blessed to be able to stop drinking because she got pregnant. In the United States, or better, better yet, fetal alcohol syndrome, FAS, in the United States was estimated by the Institute of Medicine in 1996 to be between 0.5 and 3.0 cases per thousand. Point a half to three cases per 1,000 Pregnancies, better, in other words, have fetal alcohol syndrome. More recent report from specific U.S. sites report the prevalence of FAS to be two to seven cases per thousand. So this was the first study was done in 1996. The most recent studies. So that, that, that has increased. Now you got more people that's drinking while they're pregnant. You got more cases of FA, FAS, fetal alcohol syndrome. It went from, from a half in, to three to two to seven cases per 100. And the prevalence of fetal alcohol syndrome disorder to be as high as 20 to 50 cases per 1,000. Did y'all catch that? In some cases, it's been known to have it's been as high as 20 to 50 cases per 1,000. What well, that's telling me that instead of alcoholism increasing, I mean decreasing, it's increasing. You would think with the, as much knowledge we have in today's time about uh, uh, cigarettes, about alcohol, about uh, marijuana, about cocaine, about whatever. You would think as much knowledge that we have on these, on these certain items or these, these, these certain drugs and, uh, uh, and alcohol that we would, we would be more careful to not get addicted or overindulge. Over but it, it, it doesn't seem like it's the case. It seems like all this stuff is increasingly or getting higher each year. You know, you, you, know, you think about uh, 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 drug abuse. It seems like you're seeing more and more people that's hooked on drugs and more and more people getting hooked on, that's hooked on alcohol, you know. And, and, and I'm saying that because, you know, you look at, you know, guess, you know, coming up, you know, you only had a few drugs that you get hooked on. Or marijuana or cocaine and whatever. But now, you know, you got people trying all kind of stuff to get high on. Huffing and uh, synthetic, whatever. You know, they just doing, they just find any, any way they can to try to beat the system to get high. You know, you know, people developing new types of drugs just to get people hooked on. And then they can make a dollar. This is what alcohol does to the human body. In 2018, of 83,000, of the 83,517 liver disease death among individuals ages 12 and older, 47.8% involved alcohol. 
almost half of 83,000 people that died from liver disease wouldn't have had liver disease if they wouldn't have been drinking alcohol. That's, 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 that's serious. Basically, 47,000 deaths from liver disease was alcohol-related. Among males, 52,499 liver disease deaths occurred, and 50% involved alcohol. So out of 82,499 people that died from liver disease was men. And out of all the men, 50% was alcohol-related death. Again, they wouldn't have had liver disease if they wouldn't have been drinking alcohol. The consequences of alcohol abuse. Liver disease is only one of them. Well, 31,018 liver disease deaths occurred, 42.2%. I mean, the 31,018, that were females. Out of that 83,517 liver disease death, 31,018 were females. And 44% of that, 44% of 31,000 was because of alcohol. I mean, because of alcohol. You had liver disease because of alcohol. What that's telling me that Almost half of alcohol-related, I mean, half of the liver disease out there, they wouldn't be liver disease if there wasn't any alcohol. You would, you would, that number, 83,000, would be like 40,000 deaths of, of liver disease. And that's, that could be from whatever, however you got liver disease, it would be alcohol-related if people wouldn't overindulge. And I know it, it just sounds you know, crazy saying that because people are going to overindulge. I mean, as long as we walk around in this flesh, people going to overindulge in whatever. It don't have to just be all alcohol. We're going to overindulge. We're going we're gonna to sit down at the table and overindulge. You know, some people overindulge when they like to drink soda. They overindulge in that or whatever. They, you know, we, 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 we go overboard. We, we, some things we just, we just can't have just enough. We want to have more than enough. Among all cirrhosis deaths, in 2013, 47.9% were alcohol-related. People who have cirrhosis, that's again, almost 50% of people with cirrhosis that was alcohol-related. Again, you can chop that number in half without alcohol. The proportion of alcohol-related cirrhosis was higher was highest at 76.5% among deaths in the persons 18 in the ages of 25 to 34, followed by the deaths of persons ages 35 to 44 at 70%. So between 25 and, 30, and 34, 76% died of cirrhosis. That's a lot. 
Young people. What age did you start drinking? When you could die at 25? From cirrhosis? Like you've been drinking all your life. From the crater to the bottom. I ain't talking about a milk bottle. In 2009, Alcohol-related liver disease was a primary cause of almost one to three liver transplants in the United States. In 2009, almost better than 10 years ago, one in three liver transplants was because of alcohol. What if the doctors start saying, we ain't going to give you no liver print because you messed your own liver up? You, know, you was the cause of that liver, that liver, that messed up like that. Matter of fact, you're going to be at the bottom of the list. We're going to get everybody that, that's got liver disease and, you know, need a liver print. We're going to be at, we're gonna put you at the bottom of the list and we're going to, and we're going to take care of you uh, uh, when we run out of them. They would say was, and this is be, this is to keep it real. They would say something like that. People still do it. Some people just don't care. They don't care about the consequences. I'm going to let y'all know that drinking alcohol increases the risk of cancer of the mouth, the esophagus, the liver, the breast. I didn't know that, that drinking alcohol can be a one of the, 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 the uh, reasons that you got breast cancer. I can understand liver cancer, but not, most of the time we think about cancer in the mouth, we think about people that, that chew tobacco. We don't think about that. All that alcohol, what it's doing to your mouth. You know, some of us, the stronger the alcohol, the, 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 the better it is. You know, we want 100 proof. Give me some moonshine. I want the strongest thing on the, on the ship, but we ain't thinking about what it's doing to your Esophagus doing to your to your to your mouth. Okay. Now we think all this just happened out there in the world. <laughs> so let's talk about alcohol in the church now. Half of US adults, that's fifty-one percent. Who say they attend, key word though, they say they attend religious service at least once a month, report drinking alcohol, reported drinking alcohol in the past 30 days. So, all those, you know, all of us who are out there that say, yeah, we're going to church, we attend church, da 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 da. 50% of them didn't have something to drink. All that, nah, I don't drink. And the Bible say, we got 30 people that come in them door, 15 that had a drink in the last 30 days. I ain't going to say they had a drink that day. Within the last 30 days, we got 50 people that attend church, 25% didn't have a drink within the last 30 days. So all y'all pastors out there that's teaching about no, don't, don't want to, Think of, don't want to talk about alcohol. Remember, 51% of your congregation might have had a drink within the last 30 days. 
So why keep it from like this? Like keep not keeping it from your kids? Why keep it from your congregation? Just keep it real with them. Just like we're doing here, I just showed you, I just gave the consequences of alcohol abuse. That compares to roughly 6 in 10 among people who attend worship service less often or not at all. So better, better yet, 62% that, that don't go to church at all, they might attend a little bit or don't come at all, they, they, they didn't have a drink within less. That ain't a big difference. 51 and 62 ain't a big difference from the world and from the church. But again, it is not talking about abuse. It is say talking about that it had a drink. <laughs> I'm just thinking, so that stuff you teaching and preaching in the, from up here and behind the pulpit, they ain't listen to you anyway. If they still drinking, if you teaching that you should be having a drink, and you still got half of your people still drinking, in other words, they don't believe what you're saying. Only 13% of monthly attenders engaged in recent binge drinking. That's what you call alcoholics right there. They've been binge drinking. They ain't had just one drink in the last 30. They've been binge drinking. They mean they've been drinking, drinking, drinking. Defined as four or more students or more drinks on a single occasion for women in five in more of men. Compared to 21% of less frequent attenders. When you got more women and more men than women. Of course, men sack men I do women and all that stuff. We like I said, we just want to take it overboard. Men just want to just go overboard with everything. When it was when we was dealing with, with all the different sex stuff. Men, when it came to the stuff that we shouldn't be doing, men was at the top of the doggone list. And now when it comes to uh, addictions, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be the same pattern throughout addictions, that men, gonna, they're going to top the choice. We just overdo it. We, 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 we overindulge. And, uh, we don't want to be told what to do. That's probably one of the main reasons why we do what we do. Men seem like men want to fit in more with, with the other fellas, so they won't do stuff that, that the other fellas doing. When God said it ain't good for man to be alone, he wasn't talking about with the other fellas. You know, he that's why he made a helpmate. He didn't give him a he didn't give him a friend. He gave him a helpmate. Among U.S. Christians, for example, Catholics are more likely than Protestants to say they consumed alcohol in the past 30 days. Catholics keep me real. Because I can, I can talk about before, don't they? That ain't no great news they have in their little glass that they be taking communion with. So, <laughs> Catholics gonna keep it real. Yeah, we didn't have a drink. Come to communion next time, you're gonna have one too. As Protestant, you know, we want to be holy, 
sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't want to, we don't want to say that we had one. I don't want to be a stumbling block. That's 60% versus 51%. 60% of captains are going to say, yeah, I didn't have a drink in the last 30 minutes. 51% of uh, Protestants are going to say, I had a 51% still, still have, for, have for your congregation, though. Or those who don't belong, belong to any religious, meanwhile, are more likely than both Catholic and Protestants to have engaged in binge drinking in the past month. So it was 24% of Catholics, you know, they were binge drinking. Again, you know, we think about being, they ain't having one couple of drinks. That's having one after another. You slam them down. 17% of the other Protestant church have been binge drinking. Now, it said this survey did not include Mormons and Muslims because we're talking about the church. It said Catholic and Protestant. Well, you don't get more Mormons and, and, and Muslims out of Catholic and Protestant. Ain't no way in the world. There ain't no, there ain't no denomination. Now, I will say that, and I, you know, I ain't, I ain't, did, I ain't did no heavy study, but Muslims don't be playing around like that, though. If they die hard. When they say they ain't going to eat no pork, you better not bring no pork around them. So... But like I said, I haven't sit and done a study, you know, because we ain't talking about Muslims. I mean, we ain't talking about the Mormons. We talking about, you know, you know, we we dealing with God's God's people. We talking about the church, the ones who believe in Yahshua Hamashiach, you know, followers of Christ. We, that's what we talking about. And like again, I said we talking about all this stuff because uh, Sam is wreaking havoc on the church. That's why we doing this class. When I was in the world, yes, Sam was doing this thing, but I wasn't concerned about Sam. But now, you know, being a child of God, I'm concerned about Sam because I'm concerned about your souls. That's why this whole class is coming along. I'm concerned about my own soul, and I'm concerned about your soul. So why are we going to let Sam take our soul away from us? You know, you hear Deacon Craig say that a whole lot. We're going to let Sam uh, have us with gasoline draws going down a, a highway straight to, to hell. Because of Sam. The race of drinking also varies by subgroups. <laughs> For instance, two thirds of white mainland Protestants, 66% say they had a alcohol in the past month. See, us colors, we don't want to admit that we want to have them drink. The white folk, they're going to say it. 66%. Well, the black Protestants, 48%. The white evangelicals, Protestants, 45%. That's still a high number for evangelical Christians and the, the, the so called uh, conservatives. The die-hard conservative. 45% of y'all? 
That's a big number. The only trunk got y'all stressing out, you got to have a drink. Ooh, did y'all hear what he said today? Man, I need a drink. You trying to back, you try to hold on to him. And everything he says is the right thing, but boy, he got you drinking, don't he? That's a joke, folks. White mainline, mainline Protestants, 21%, also are more likely than these two latter groups to binge drink, 12% for each. So out of the, the last groups or whatever, 12% of them say they, they binge drink. Among Americans without a religious affiliation, self-described agnostics, agnostics are more likely than those who describe their religious religion as nothing in particular to say they consume alcohol in the past 30 days, 76%. That's, that ain't, ain't a big difference. 76% versus 61%. A third of agnostic fall into binge drinking. So one third of them fall into binge drinking. That ain't a big difference. One third of them say they binge drinking. That's not a big difference from, from worldly folks to church folks. Ain't a whole lot separating. Because we think we walk in them doors that everything just shut off and the people out there, they, they, we got them fooled. making them more likely to consume alcohol at the level than Catholics in all major Protestant groups. In other words, even though you're in the world, you're more likely to drink more than the church people, the people that go to church. I can believe that. You know, because we out there in the world, we just doing whatever. Where the party at? When the party started, when it ends. Get mad too, they end too early. I remember, and I was a lot of time. I, you know, just before even my drinking days, man, I go to the club and that dog on time change, and you lose hour. Boy, I used to be mad. So just think about it when you're drinking, and you lose hour of drinking. You know, you know, we got smart. You know, we know we go to Lake Charles on Friday night. You can drink all night in Louisiana, but don't go in there on the Saturday night because they gonna have a time limit. Well, Texas cutting it off at two o'clock. So guess what we did every week? Louisiana. Again, overindulging. Trying to outsmart the system. These patterns may explain by the diversity of views that people from different religious traditions hold between morality of alcohol. And again, it goes back to the, the teachings. You know, how you taught in your church, what you teach in your church, or what denomination you are. Uh, again, you know what I'm saying? Now, you, you know, it gave you examples of white churches versus black churches or evangelical churches. Uh, you know, it gave you all these examples. And, you know, and all of them got a different view of alcohol. And you got people that grasp on, but you can see still got some high numbers, but you got people that grasp on to that stuff and say, well, uh, we shouldn't be doing that. You know, you know, a whole lot of religions out there, the, 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 the denomination, the way they're teaching this, uh, 
people grab hold to that and they, they believe that stuff. You know, you, uh, I, I knew a guy that uh, if, if, if a gospel song sampled a worldly song, he didn't, he didn't believe in it because it reminded him of the world. I'm like, well, God didn't change your life. If you got stuff in the world, just keep on grasping you and pulling you back in. I could look at the stuff in the world and then get glad. Thank you, Lord. But you hear a song and all of a sudden that's the only thing you can think about being in the world. Something wrong with that. But that goes back to that teaching. You know, somewhere in, in that, that, that church, somebody, they've been teaching that that worldly music is the devil. So now every time you hear a song, even if it's a gospel song, every time you hear a gospel song with the worldly music sampling in the background, it's the devil in the background, but it's the gospel in the front. They don't even go together. How, well, you know, you got to pull the line out of, uh, out of Joseph's book and say, God, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. They took something and meant it for something bad, and you turned it around and made it out of something good. Thank you, Lord. And we can't, we can't even find that. We can't even recognize that. How God is, is, is taking an a, a artist and, 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 and taking what we would call worldly music and making it all about him. Let's get God a glory when stuff happens like that. White evangelical Protestants also are, are more likely to view alcohol as morally wrong, Catholics and Protestant. More, more morally wrong more than Catholics and Protestants. Evangelical Christians. Evangelical Christians, you're closer to God. These a lot of them that's what they think. Tell you, you do dust at the Lord. It don't matter you evangelical, you white, Protestant, black, Protestant, Catholic, whatever. You do dust at the Lord. That's the only thing that matters. Because I guarantee you, we follow you home, we're going to find some proclivities. That's against God's word. I don't care what denomination you, you, you claim. You want to walk around with your nose in the aisle and think you more, you better than other uh, Christians because you're a certain denomination. Nah, that's foolishness. My time is about up. Because last week we're gonna we're gonna talk about some of the uh, the issues for us, alcoholism, uh, getting hooked, how we get hooked on it. Some of the telltale signs that we are getting hooked on it, or you are hooked on it, because some people are in denial. They don't believe they're hooked on, on 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 whatever. So hopefully, some of these uh uh, uh points that I'm a, I'm gonna share with you, you can be honest with yourself, just like the one I, I gave y'all about being uh having a, a, a addictive personality. Hope you can be honest with yourself and say, man, uh, I might need to check myself. Because whatever it is that I'm doing, I'm overindulging and I'm, I may be borderline addicted to something or I may be addicted to something. And now that you recognize that, you can start addressing that. Because the only way you're going to address it is if you recognize it. We don't want to recognize it when it's too late. That's my time. May God bless you and may God keep you. Amen.